Welcome to the Soft Verbal Podcast presented by Dead Soxie. Hosted by RebelGrove.com publisher Neil McCready and featuring Zach Barry of Red Cup Rebellion, the Soft Verbal Podcast is your number one podcast dedicated to Ole Miss football and basketball recruiting. Featuring guests from throughout the Rivals.com network, the Soft Verbal Podcast tells you what is happening and what's going to happen on the recruiting trail. And it does it in style, just like Dead Soxie. Visit DeadSoxie.com and enter promo code RebelGrove at checkout for 30% off your order of the best dress socks you'll ever wear. Now... Here's your host, Neil McCready. Welcome to another edition of the Soft Verbal Podcast presented by Dead Soxie. I am your host, Neil McCready. Today on the show, as always, our pal, the one and only uh, Zachary Berry, who steals content from everyone, including rebelgrove.com. Just today, he stole a story that I'd written the night before and put it up on my very site. It's just unbelievable. The audacity of one Zach Barry. We'll talk to him in a moment. He is in El Paso, Texas, guarding the wall. As we speak right now, he is armed. He is in camouflage. He has uh, got a, he's got one of those uh, riot protector gear things in front of him. He is guarding the wall trying to uh, do his part to uh, hold off all of the intruders that are trying to get into our country. We'll talk about that in a minute. First, let me tell you that Dead Soxy, Zach's like, what in the hell? Dead Soxy wants you to know they created socks that make an impact. Dead Soxy has teamed up with Vogel Alcove to help join children, to help young children in the Dallas area overcome the lasting and traumatic effects of homelessness. These incredible socks were created by the very kids the program is serving with three one-of-a-kind designs. Each sock tells its own story. So visit deadsoxy.com. Click on the yellow banner at the top of the page to visit the collab page. 50% of all of the proceeds have been pledged to help break the cycle of child homelessness, extend the season of perpetual giving, support this incredible collaboration. While the promo code will not apply to the Vogel Alcove, collaboration in order to maximize the donation remember to enjoy 30 percent off all other dead soxy products with promo code rebel grove welcome to 2020 and as always stay soxy i'm coming to you from the clark ford studios clark ford's in amory mississippi 662-257-1900 call that number ask for Corey clark uh cory will give you a quote within 15 minutes in business hours on the ford product that you are looking for and the rest is up to you you can shop that quote around or you can do what i've done and that's hop into a clark ford you'll love the product you'll love the service after the sale uh Corey wants to be your truck guy he wants to be your car guy and he'll prove that to you 662-257-1900 zach barry's getting ready to join us on the rafters music and food hotline don't forget every sunday bluegrass sunday brunch at rafters three dollar mimosas five dollar famous bloody mary's brunch starts at 10 45 zach how are you neil i'm doing well i uh like you said i am uh defending the wall uh this 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 aggression this impeachment trial it it will not die in vain i will i will be there in case anyone tries to come over and <laughs> invade the student union at UTEP for Chick-fil-A, I will be there. <laughs> so uh, you just you just texted a picture to me and Chase of uh, Freddie Roach wearing Alabama gear at what appears to be a high school somewhere. I'm going to go out on a limb here and I say think that settles it. That, that makes it somewhat official. I think so. Um, yeah. 
I was. I don't know what you were hearing um, this morning on the show. You and Chase were saying <laughs> y'all think it was y'all thought it was done unless something. I think the quote was unless something weird happens. And then I'd actually had a couple people text me asking me if it was done, and I said, "Well, I mean, I think it is." And then I started, "Well, maybe it's not, but I don't know how he would come back twice." But yeah, it's definitely done now. Yeah, that it feels like he would not have gone on a uh, visit for Ole Miss wearing an Alabama shirt. I, I'm just gonna go out on that limb and probably not a good strategy. Yeah, that, that wouldn't work. Um, all right, so. I know the next question people are going to have is, what names do you hear? I don't hear any yet. Um, I really don't. I asked some people this morning who would know, and they said it's going to be up to, to Lane Kiffin and, and to their knowledge that he was not all that far down that road. Uh, we posted some today, or I guess you and I discussed some, and then you posted it. Um, uh, I do feel confident in that there are a couple receiver names in Florida to pay attention to, Leonard Manuel and Xavier Henderson. Uh, Leonard has uh, told me that he is visiting at the end of the month on the 31st. Uh, Henderson is uh, Henry Parrish's high school teammate, so I think that they're going to uh, really go after those two hard. I, I'm not sure if Mark Britt is being recruited as a safety or a receiver because he played both in high school. He uh, had an in-home visit with Kevin Smith and Lane Kiffin today down in Miami. He is a four-star um, safety on rivals. I-, I guess Lane and them are just going after all of Dan Mullen's recruits right now because all three of those guys are Florida commits. The only recent one is Xavier Henderson committed to Florida at the All-America Bowl. The other ones have been commits for some time uh so that's something to keep an eye on but really the the names that that we've thrown out there the past couple weeks are really the only ones we know right now i the grad transfer route the transfer portal is something um i've been hammering away trying to uh get in contact with some folks to see if there's any interest from Ole Miss and just to see who they are talking to in general so we can rule some of them out um but that's really it right now it's, I mean, we both heard some new names today on the recruiting trail. I don't. I know the the question, and it's a legitimate one: is is Neil Zach who's coming in for visits this weekend? And my honest answer, as we tape this at Tuesday at seven thirty one p.m. Central Standard Time, is I don't know. Right. I'm embarrassed to admit that, but I don't know. And uh, the other. Media outlets that cover Ole Miss, to my knowledge, have not come out with a list of who's visiting this weekend. I, I don't think they know either. The The only name that I believe, and I'm going to double-check the Rivals Visits uh, webpage here that shows who is scheduled to visit per is, our site. Is this Donovan Kaufman, or did he move back to the 31st? So that was the only one, and so he changed i confirmed that with him this week he is taking his last official to baylor and he switched it because he's going to unofficially come to oxford for the full weekend but um he used his last official to baylor for just financial purposes because he can go officially there for free it's farther so it would cost more to go there unofficially oxford's closer he's from louisiana so he made a decision there Uh, i don't think that that's 
I don't think that means anything. I don't think that means that Ole Miss is is not in the running anymore because no. it's not an not an official visit. Whatever he was pretty emphatic that he still plans to come to Ole Miss and he's going to stay the whole weekend. So I don't think there's anything there as far as the site goes. We have nobody on the docket for the 24th as of today. A handful of guys that are coming on the 31st tentatively and i talked to someone around ole miss let's put it this way i don't want to burn anybody or get anybody in trouble they thought this weekend would be a very small list three to five names yeah and they were they didn't use the word fluid but it was fluid and then they thought the 31st would be a scramble that it was really too early to predict um it's no secret that i know brady ward's dad brian i'll use him as an example he has a, ske- a scheduled visit to Mississippi State this weekend. He was like, I don't know. And I said, well, you have a visit scheduled to Oklahoma. What are you doing with it? I don't know. Maybe, maybe not. Florida's called. Miami's called. Some other schools have called. These things are scrambles. I can tell you from talking to Brian that Brady did not know for sure that he was visiting Ole Miss this past weekend until Thursday afternoon. Hmm. Got in the car the okay. next day and drove. Okay. At Thursday at noon, he was pretty sure they were visiting, but it wasn't locked up. It wasn't final. So I know I know fans are like, man, this is this doesn't feel normal. Keep in mind a couple things. Number one, it's a total transition. And then two, the media covering the staff, nobody knows anybody. I do think it'll be a little different this time next year. I don't think it's gonna be a lot different, if I'm honest. I think it'll be a little different because we will have covered a season. Some coaches will know us. There will be some degree of trust that's built up. We'll be able to there will be somebody we can go to to get answers. We're just not there yet. Yeah. Ah, it's still fairly early. Oh, have they, it, how long? It's still totally early. One of my mailbag questions is uh, hey, Neil, how, how many uh, texts have you sent Lane Kiffin and how much have you talked to him? And the answer is I've sent him two texts. He's not responded to either of them. We have not talked. I am, uh, I've am i said this before. shows you how little ego I have as it pertains to this job. I have none. I am fairly convinced he has no idea who I am. Zero clue. If you said my name to him, he'd be like, mm, means nothing. And frankly, and frankly, here's the deal. This past weekend, now some of it was because of Edward Ashoff's memorial. Mm-hmm. But Mark Schleybaugh was in town. Chris Lowe was in town. Ross Dellinger was in town. So if you're Ole Miss, if you're Lane Kiffin and you're Ole Miss, and you can talk to Ross Dellinger, Chris Lowe, Mark Schleybaugh, or Neil McCready, one of those <laughs> does not belong. Three of those journalists are big-time national journalists. One of those journalists is a complete and total loser with no reach. I mean, it's an easy call. And so until that national media element is not fascinated with Lane Kiffin and Ole Miss, there's no reason for him to talk to the local people much. Lane Kiffin strikes me as a guy who probably only has... 20 names saved in his phone. For some reason, I just get that vibe that he probably just has a bunch of random numbers in his phone and isn't really in any hurry to, to save them to his contacts. There's don't probably, know what that means. But there's probably a lot of truth to that. 
but yeah, I mean, I, he, he's, he's busy. He operates extremely different from the previous two staffs, three staffs, however long you've been there and you've covered it. Um, he's much more laid back. I would say not to, not that it's a detriment. I mean, everybody has their own way of doing things. And uh, I mean, if we're keeping it real here, Lane Kiffin obviously knows what he's doing because he was successful at several stops along the way before he got to Ole Miss, but he's just going to do things extremely different and he's not going to, uh, it, I'm making this, this is my opinion. This isn't Neil's. I think he's going to be somebody that's just going to be kind of doing his own thing. You know, maybe there's some days when he's feeling froggy and he wants to talk to media, but I don't think he will a lot of times unless it's one of those press conference type arenas where he is obligated to do it. I think he's just going to kind of keep to himself and, and do his and do his own thing and, and recruit the way he wants to. And his staff is going to be on lockdown. They're not going to talk to media. So that's just how he's going to operate. So it's something that we're going to have to adjust to. Yeah, and in terms of getting information on weekends like this, I think obviously next year it's going to be different. I mean, it, it, this it's going to be another active summer for Ole Miss. It'll be an active fall. I, I anticipate they, like most schools, will do most of their damage, if you will, uh, for the early signing period. I mean, like the Rivals 100 came out today. It's a mm-hmm. n- nice transition. There are three players – if I read it right, that are basically uncommitted. The yeah. m- the highest of which is Zach Evans, who jumped to uh, number 13 in the Rivals 100. He's a five-star running back from Houston. He took an official visit to Ole Miss last weekend. I saw him. I asked him as he was leaving if he would uh, like to talk to the media, and he said no, he did not. And that was the end of it. We did not harass him in any possible way. He certainly did, could not have felt threatened. He declined an interview request, and we left it at that. Um, he's back home. I know Ole Miss met with him either Sunday night or Monday. doesn't really matter, one or the other. And uh, there are a lot of rumors out there, a lot of rumblings out there. What is your opinion about where things stand right now between Ole Miss and Zachary Evans? After last weekend, I think – because everything kind of blew up on Friday. And it got to be where it was one of those, it went from Ole Miss kicking the tires to Ole Miss is bringing him in this weekend and things are getting hot and heavy. I think from what I was told and when you and I have had conversations, I think the visit went extremely well, which as you know, official visits hardly ever go poorly. Um, But I think he meshed well with Henry Parrish and Kentrell Bullock. Um, I've talked to some people. Uh, you mentioned Brady Ward earlier. He and Brady Ward are friends, um, just kind of through the camp circuit and whatnot. And I think that this has been such a interesting, compelling thing to follow because I, there, there's some there's some red flags there. Most and they're all off the field. There, there, there are no on-field questions with Zachary Evans. He is arguably the best running back in this class, and he is now a top fifteen prospect in this Rivals one hundred in twenty twenty. I think that the issue is there are some character concerns. He had a couple suspensions his senior year at North Shore. Um, didn't even, I don't think he even, he did not play in their state title game. And 
it's hard. I think we've talked about it last week. We talked about it on our show over at Red Cup. All these other big name, blue blood, however you want to refer to them programs, they don't really have to take the risk the risk to try to get him because they either already have people at running back and um, there's just no need for the potential headache that it could potentially be. Uh, with that said, with Ole Miss, you could kind of t- – maybe it's talking out of both sides of my mouth here, but Ole Miss has talent in the running back room in spades. So you got Jerry Neely, you got Snoop Connor, now you have Kentrell Bullock, and you've got Henry Parrish. So I think on the flip side, Ole Miss can roll the dice here because they have a talented room already. Okay, you bring in a top 15 player, a five-star player that's going to have a splash, that's a, you know, a big fish, a whale, all the – metaphors for recruiting it's going to create buzz it's going to create momentum if it comes to june july and it's not working out he's causing issues he's kind of a locker room deal whatever if, if it comes to that you cut ties and you get rid of him i mean they have had to have had these conversations with him like look we know about your 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 past we want to move forward we want to focus on the on the future can't can't change the past, blah, blah, blah. They have to have that conversation to where it's, look, if you come here, it is zero tolerance. There is no second chance. There is no third chance. From what I've been told, he's had five chances. He's had a lot. It's not just him yeah. either. It's some of the people around him. I talked to someone today who knows him pretty well, who said, frankly, whether it's Ole Miss or Georgia or Texas A&M or LSU or wherever that he needs to get away. He needs to get out of Houston. He needs to get into a structured environment. He needs to go someplace where he's held accountable. He still has ACT work to do. He's still got to get qualified. He's got to he's got to start taking this recruiting thing a little more seriously than he has. And mm-hmm. uh, I mean, signing day. When people hear this, it'll be Wednesday. It'll be two weeks from signing day. He needed what he needed to do was get enrolled in a college. Mm-hmm. This month, I don't know that that's going to happen. Um, I guess technically he could still enroll. Oh, oh yeah, this sure. Week. The classes just started today, as I, as we take this on Tuesday. Today's <laughs> one day of classes in, so he could enroll this week and be fine. I don't. You correct me if I'm wrong, and 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 I could easily be wrong. I don't get the impression that that's in the cards. We. We touched on that last week, and then you reported that a source close to him said that that was absolutely not going to happen. I don't really know what that means, to be honest, because it, there have been tons of people that we have spoken with that have said emphatically that he does not want to go to A&M. I believe it was he likes he likes Jimbo, but he doesn't like College Station. He doesn't like the school. He doesn't. He I was to told go. again today emphatically he will not go to Texas A&M. Okay, I did see some kind of social media post. I don't know if it's his brother, his cousin, his one of his teammates. He, he's got like two really good friends that kind of hang around with him and go to all his visits with him. One of them said he would. He, he said, "I guarantee you, he won't go to A and M." Yeah, the person I talked to who knows him and who has yet to be wrong mm-hmm. uh, today said he will not go to Texas A and M. So if he's not going to A and M. And LSU is seemingly going to pass. I I think LSU is going to pass. I don't think. Yeah, I, I mean, don't. I don't think as of. But 
I don't, Why would they take him? I don't think as of yesterday he had a committable offer to LSU, and I don't think that's going to happen. Um, the next school is Georgia, who I, I don't think is quite as resolute as LSU is. So he committed to Georgia. He's never really been there, I don't think. I think it was a surprise to Georgia when he signed with Georgia. He signed papers. Uh, he signed scholarship papers. The crazy guy on the internet. I'm risking my life telling you this. This is this is <laughs> what is who is that guy? It's, it's Andrew Ray. Listen, our people. They're telling me that deep in the heart of Athens, my very best source in Athens is telling me Georgia has his papers. Well, guess what? Georgia does have his papers. Georgia sent him uh, financial aid papers, and he signed them. They weren't the only school. He signed them. All that does is that if he decides to go to Georgia, they're kind of committed to him for a year. Mm -hmm. Um, doesn't mean anything. Uh, I'm risking my life telling you this, Zach. <laughs> but I'm fairly sure that as of Sunday night, Georgia's people were going to just move along. Now, I'm risking my life telling you that, and I hope that you can keep that between us. I mean, I have, I have reached out to the people at Rivals. They're scared to interview me. I have talked to Paul Feinbaum. We're going to have an interview sometime in late July or early August about this very topic. Uh, Are you all back on speaking terms? No, we're not. Um, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I, I, the whole thing's stupid. Um, I don't know where he's going to go. I, I don't... Uh, in my opinion, I don't see him going back to Georgia because just being a typical teenager who has who is a five-star player who has an ego, I don't see him going back there. If I'm 100% honest here, I'm not 100% positive that Ole Miss has a committable offer out to him. I, they, they flew out there on Sunday to go and meet with him in person once again. Yeah, he wasn't the only reason they went there, but they did go there. Yeah, and I think that, you know excuse me for the um, the agnostic or atheist listeners out there, but I think it was a come-to-Jesus type moment where it's like, all right, look, if we are going to do this, here's the plan, here are the guidelines, here are the rules, you know, that sort of thing. Like, they might need to straight up treat it like, like Ole Miss is, is liberty and be like, you got to be inside by 7 o'clock every single night. Um, that it's it's a risk that we talked about it last week. I think you definitely take it because it is a five-star player who, like I said, there are zero questions on the football field. He can play football. But it's the off-the-field stuff that you have got to – it really gives you pause, clearly, because there are so many people that are not taking a chance on him. Um, but, again, it's, it's one of those you talked about Georgia moving along. I mean, Georgia signed Kendall Milton already in this class. He's a five-star running back from California. They signed Zamir White in 2018, who is probably going to be the starter now that DeAndre Swift's gone. James Cook is there. He is another five-star. That room is loaded. They don't need to fool with it. They don't. There's no need. I don't. I. You and I have talked about Kirby. I, from what I've been told, is having a little bit of trouble dealing with discipline and things like that and I don't think that you need to throw this into the mix when you're already having struggles dealing with your program and your players there's no need to 
toss in a guy from Houston, Texas, who, um, you know, was suspended twice during his senior year. And he's the team's best player. I, I kind of interrupt you here with something really important. Okay. Mike Leach put out a tweet tonight asking for suggestions for places to eat in Mississippi. And okay. he and his staff ended up eating at a Golden Corral. There you go. Now, listen. Man of the people. Listen. I don't want to come across as the great food snob here. But you're the head coach at an SEC institution. One of 14 in the world. You're out on the recruiting trail. You don't eat at Golden Corral during flu season. <laughs> you at least go to Ryan's or Barnhill's, right? No, you go someplace. <laughs> come, I mean, come on, man. You don't go to a place that has the chocolate fountain. Yeah. I there's mean, a loopies. There's a loopies here in El Paso, Neil. I was tempted to go there today. So what? What is? What is your? I know we're going to move on to some other things. People want us to get okay. serious and stuff. But what is your your dinner plan tonight in El Paso? Um, you can't, listen, you can't guard that wall with no sustenance. I can't. Uh, I met a couple guys out here that are gonna they're gonna spell me when I leave. There's a guy here named uh, named Chad, and there's another guy here named Trevor, and they're pretty. Uh, <laughs> They're pretty hype about doing it. Um, That's good. Last, last night I went to this place called Crave, um, kind of one of those gastropub type places, but they got a pretty healthy menu. Had some uh, blackened shrimp tacos that were pretty pretty legit. Uh, there's this place uh, that I think I'm going to try tonight. I've been to, last time I was here, I went to L&J Cafe, which is a famous Tex-Mex place. There's another place that I've been told by folks here uh, called Lucy's that they want me to try. That's supposed to be really good. When when they come um, to your table, do you say soy americano? I no, I don't do that. I I always I, there, I've I've had that moment tons of times when I'm like I took tons of Spanish in high school. I took it in college. <laughs> I know my way around some conversations. I know a lot of vocabulary words. I know some basic greetings, but I don't. It, to me, it just it, I feel like if it's a you know full blown Hispanic person that you know may have grown up in Mexico, but they're right there in El Paso, so they're basically right there in Mexico. I feel like it kind of comes across as a little pandering, almost can be borderline disrespectful that this you know white dude that's American is going to try to speak Spanish because he's in a Tex-Mex place. Um, so I never do that. Um, if someone in passing wants to throw out some Spanish here and there. If I'm if I'm in a good mood, I might throw some back, just some basic stuff. And most of the time, it's received received well, and people kind of laugh. They're like, "Oh, you know Spanish," and I'm like, "Yeah, you know a little bit." But yeah, I think that's the plan tonight. Just a good, uh, I think it's like a hole in the wall type Tex-Mex. Um, so I'm not the biggest Tex-Mex guy, but I do love. Uh, I might try to get some uh, pescado tacos, if you will. Bigger question is, what are you going to drink? Well, I venture to guess that they might have some good mezcal somewhere around here. I'm guessing. I do need to do some scouting tomorrow for a bar to be at when uh, the Thursday uh, live show. I need to be somewhere where I can ask people about Lane Kiffin and Zachary Evans. <laughs> you do? Are you, so you'll still be in El Paso Thursday night? Mm-hmm. I'm here till Friday. Oh, wow. 
I, man, last night would have been perfect. There was some kind of coaches show going on in the lobby of this Hilton Garden Inn. Um, I don't know what sport it was, but uh, there was a coach that was down there doing a radio show. They had a backdrop and they had a cardboard cutout of the minor mascot and everything. Probably basketball, huh? I would think so. I have no idea who the UTEP basketball coach is. Let's pull that up. I'm curious. UTEP basketball. Rodney Terry. No idea. Yep. Uh, they are. Rodney Terry is the coach. I'm looking for their. He's been around the block. Assistant at Baylor. Assistant at Texas for looks like nine years. Head coach at Fresno State and then now at UTEP. Most recently, their games they beat uh, they beat UTSA by three, and then they turned around and lost to UTSA by sixteen. On Thursday night, they're in Houston. They play Rice. Okay, they're nine and nine and three this year. Uh, is, that, like, is that correct? I'm going off Wikipedia. One, two, three, four, five. No, that is not correct. They are eleven and seven. Yeah, something like that. I don't know. Don't okay. make, don't make me do math. Yeah. Um. He had he had a made an NCAA tournament at Fresno State. They went twenty five and ten back in 2015-16. So, yeah, good for Rodney. I'll I'll say this, and then we can move on to more recruiting. For our listeners out there, if you have a moment, I would Google El Paso High School. And, Neil, you can feel free to do this if you want. Their football stadium is outstanding. I'm pulling it up. It, right is, on, it is on the National Register, I believe, as a historic place. Really? The school was built in 1916. Uh, their, their, their stadium is is incredible they have like stands behind the end zone with the backdrop is just the the school that's got the greek column type architecture it's it's awesome yeah i'm pulling it up right now and then if you see the other google map view the the stands behind the end zone is pretty much it and they have some on the home side but the visitor side is just basically like a drop off to viewing el paso and then mexico in the distance pretty awesome oh that's cool yeah yeah I'm a big infrastructure guy. I do. I, I like architecture and, and whatnot. Have you ever done the architecture boat tour in Chicago? I've done it uh, multiple occasions. It's it one, is. It's awesome. one of my favorite things. It's about an, my, about an hour and a half. You get a couple of beers. It's good. Yeah, they serve they serve booze on there. Yeah, it's the great. coolest. The coolest thing that I remember from it was that Merchandise Mart is so big it has its own zip code. That place is huge. So yeah. when I ran the Chicago Marathon, that's where you go to get registered and all the stuff. And man, you can get lost in there. Ooh, that's 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 a that's a cool place. And I thought Nashville's convention center was big, but I mean, Nash, you could probably fit four of Nashville convention centers inside Merchandise Mart. Oh. My brother just texted me from Chicago. So, oh, there you go. There you go. It's amazing what a small hey. world we live in. Real quick, since we're talking Chicago, what's Chris Bryant going to do? Ooh, I would have said before tonight that he was going to Atlanta because of uh, the Braves and their clear need for a power hitter in the middle of the lineup, but the Braves just signed uh, Asuna to a one-year $18 million deal, so now I don't know. That, ugh. 
So is he? So I, you're gonna have to update me. I'm not privy to this. Is so? Is he definitely leaving Chicago? Definitely is too strong. Okay, so there's still a chance he can stay. Uh, likely is more like it, but definitely is way too strong. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't think it's a sure thing. You know, I, I, he's got his, his his grievance has to be settled first. Uh, that's probably going to happen here in the next seven to ten days. It will likely. Oh, that's that's likely, an actual term. That's an actual contract term. Yeah, grievance? he's got a grievance. It will likely be ruled in the Cubs' favor. Uh, he'll have two years of of team control, and then I think they trade him. But the Braves are the team that made the most sense. But after the Osuna Osuna deal. I don't know that that makes a lot of sense anymore. The Braves' problem is this, is that they have three or four really great prospects at the top of their organization, and then there's a fall-off. And the Cubs aren't going to do it without getting three of those guys. And the Braves don't want to trade them, and the Cubs are like, well, then we won't do it. And so I think they're at a stalemate. So they literally air grievances in baseball trading conversations. Uh. Bryant has a grievance over some a free agency issue, a, a, uh, a service time issue, and so yeah, they basically have a an airing of the grievances. It's it's sort of baseball's awesome. baseball's version of a festivus. Yeah, Frank Costanza would be pleased. Frank Costanza would say, "This is a festivus for the rest of us, including Chris Bryant." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. Uh, but yeah, I guess to close on the Zach Evans thing, I told you this morning that I talked to some people that said if he was deciding today, this morning, so that would be Tuesday morning, the 21st, that he would be an Ole Miss Rebel. I do think the longer that this goes and the longer that no one else really jumps in it, I do think that kind of leans everything towards Ole Miss, but it's recruiting and these, uh, who knows, he, he might end up going to Oregon. If you made me bet tonight, I would bet that he signs with Ole Miss. If you said, how much are you willing to bet? I would say, what is the minimum bet possible? Yeah. <laughs> you're, uh, what, what is it the uh, when you're playing craps? What is it, the pass line? Uh, you're just going to sit there? Yeah, just whatever the minimum bet possible is, is what I'm willing to bet. That's fair. I I do think that... Kiffin is willing to take this risk. Yeah, I think Kiffin wants to make a splash. I think he wants momentum. I think they like the kid. I think they understand that in a typical year, if the kid didn't have issues, a program like Ole Miss, where it is today, couldn't get him. I think Kiffin uh, is interested in recruiting rankings. I think he wants to make a splash. All of those things. I think all of those things play into this, but... I'm with you. Listen, there's not going to be room for Evans to come in and, and be a, a prima donna or a prima donna. Either one. He, he can't be one or the other. He can, Actually, he can be a prima donna because he's not old enough to actually be before the age of Madonna. But he can't come in and be a prima donna. If he does that, they're going to run him. And you have to understand that when you sign a guy like Zach Evans – the NCAA is going to look around, so you got to make sure that mm-hmm. all your T's are crossed and all your I's are dotted. When people say pre-Madonna, are they talking like pre-Vogue? You know, I don't know. I mean, her first song, I'm curious, when did Madonna break out? Uh, I mean, Material Girl was like in the 80s, like what, 85, 84, Let's something see, like that. I'm pulling it up now. So 
Madonna, her first song, her first single was Everybody, was actually released in late 1982. I did not know that. The song became a hit in dance clubs, especially in her then home of New York. Uh, Her first hit, meanwhile, was uh, Burning Up in March of 1983. Her first top 10 hit was uh, Holiday and then Lucky Star Mm -hmm. and then Borderline. All of those late 1983, early 1984. So that was 16, 36 years ago. So yeah, that was... So... Yeah, there's no way that he's a pre-Madonna because he's half of... He was 18 years from being born when her first hit came out. Mm-hmm. So he might be a pre-Madonna, but he, he's not a pre-Madonna. Okay. Really, interesting. if Ole Miss ever recruits a pre-Madonna, we'll have to question their sanity. Why are you recruiting a 40-year-old dude? Yeah, those guys usually don't play... Power five. They usually play like semi pro and stuff. Yeah, like that. of course. I mean, there's just there's just father time, you know. Tom, I always for- Tom Brady is a pre Madonna. Yes. And yeah, he's <laughs> yeah, and he kisses people on the mouth. He does, including his own children. Hey, another segue here. Madonna, a native of Bay City, Michigan. Uh, yeah. Another another Michigan resident made waves today. <laughs> By missing unanimous Hall of Fame status by one vote. <laughs> that is fantastic work on your part. Yeah. Bay City, Michigan. Derek Jeter, <laughs> who was born in Jersey but then moved to Kalamazoo. Yeah. I did not know this. More full circle here. I live in Nashville. I did not know his dad played baseball at Fisk. I did not know Nashville. that either. How about that? That's pretty cool. That is and, cool. He has, and he has a PhD. I did know that. I knew that the dad had a PhD. And he was a military guy, correct? Uh, I believe that's right. Okay. We're just covering all bases tonight. We really are. Uh, uh, we're taping this on Tuesday night, uh, about 24 hours ago. Well, more 21 hours ago, uh, Demond Clowney committed to Ole Miss. How big of a deal is that? Deal. I spoke with Adam Kramer, who I believe broke the news last night who's kegs and eggs on twitter uh he's been a big internet casual personality for a while he writes for bleacher report he did a really nice piece on him um turn of the year it was like at the end of 2018 going into 2019 uh he's had a a a pretty wild journey getting to this point where he became a four-star recruit at saint francis academy up in baltimore that's a fantastic pipeline if if Lane Kiffin and them are trying to build one there that is a great start um from everything that I've heard he's a great kid um I think he's a really impressive athlete he's going to have to put on some weight um he, he's a little bit on the slim side and then you saw him in person and express that same sentiment but he's extremely athletic I, I think that they could honestly use him similar to how Ole Miss used Marquise Haynes early in his career. They bring him in on passing downs and let him kind of go after a right tackle and just, you know, speed rush one move and try to make a play that way. Um, I'll give you a name that I thought of earlier today. He kind of reminds me a little bit of Tim Anderson, who played at Alabama. 
who oh, was yeah yeah i remember yeah that. yeah sure a L- little bit on the slim side but was just really uh just extremely efficient rushing rushing the passer wasn't the biggest dude, but he was just really athletic and long. I think he can be that type of guy, but um, a very big deal. Um, today, everybody was buzzing on Twitter. You had several big-name journalists tweeting about it, uh, several guys from ESPN. Uh, Adam Schefter, y'all talked about that this morning. He actually tweeted about it. and then um, So uh, I think it's a big splash. I mean, you talked about Kiffin wanting to make a splash in this class. I think this is a good start, um, but – He's gonna need at least one redshirt year, and he's gonna really need to to uh, get with Wilson Love and get in the weight room and and get his body right. It shows you how much the national media wants this Lane Kiffin thing to work out. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, he's a good story. Yeah, it's 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 really fascinating. Um, all right, we'll wrap there. Forty minutes. Uh, we'll come back first part of next week. We'll talk about who came to Ole Miss over the weekend because, frankly, I just don't really know. We'll kind of get a, a board reset as to what's left. At that point, there will be about nine days, eight, nine days left before uh, signing day. So we'll kind of get a, a feel for where things go. And uh, we might start to turn the page to 2021. It's a little a little early to do that because of the transition year. But uh, we'll get to that. It's going to be – I anticipate a wild ride to the 2021 class. I, I anticipate oh, yeah. Ole Miss going after a lot of major national targets. I think you do too, right, Zach? Absolutely. The uh, We're we're keeping that thread going of the 2021 offers, and man, they are offering kids all over the country. They submitted a couple offers today. Uh, Michigan, uh, Texas, Florida, they're all over the place. Those are, I think, uh, Florida, Texas, and then with Partridge, he can kind of go national, but he's got a lot of ties to the Northeast. We talked about St. Francis Academy. Um, they're going to be everywhere, and it's going to be it's going to be fun to cover because we're going to have to get creative to get information, and that makes it a little more exciting. But yeah, it's Kiffin's not going to be scared to go up against anybody for a four or five star. No, they're going to go as uh, Wesley McGriff once said, "Big game hunting." There's no question they're going to do that. All right, I, that we'll wrap it up there. And enjoy your evening in El Paso, Zach. Thanks to the people at Dead Soxy. Don't forget DeadSoxy.com. Enter promo code Rebel Grove at uh, checkout and get thirty percent off all of your orders, with the exception of the Vogel Alcove collection uh, that that goes towards the uh, the homeless kids in. Um, in Dallas. So for uh, Zach Barry, I'm Neil McCready that does it for this edition of the Soft Verbal Podcast. Until next week, take care.